Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. Really glad that you're here joining us online or here in person. Uh, we like to begin our services with a greeting Christians have used for a long, long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Thank you. We really do believe that. I mean, we wouldn't get together. Well, maybe some of you would get together if, if that weren't true. But uh, I don't think we would get together Sunday after Sunday, Christians gathering around the world, if it weren't true that the Lord meets us when we gather. That when we come together to focus our attention on him, to, uh, to give him our, our um, uh, well, just attention, yeah, to, to focus our thoughts, our hearts, to listen for his Holy Spirit, to meet him here. If God didn't show up, I don't think Christians would keep getting together. Man, would you bow your heads with me? God, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you that when we walk into this place today, we don't have to wonder, is this a, is this a good day or a bad day? Is the, are you the father of lights or the father, the father of shadows today? I mean, you are consistent in your love for us. And we thank you, God, that we have been invited into your courts, into your presence to sing your praises and to give you thanks for all of the good that you have done for us, all the ways that you've been uh, actively involved in our lives for our good. Thank you. Good grief, you're the source of life itself for us. Every breath that we breathe is a gift from you, God, and we are so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for helping us to recognize that. Thank you, God, that you have moved us from a life where we think it all depends on us, where we think we're just uh, uh, products of random chance, where we, where we don't think there's anybody out there who cares. God, you have brought us out of that kind of darkness into this wonderful light where we know that the God who made us loves us, is with us, that you know our names, that, that you know everything about us, and still you love us. You know our faults and our failures. You know our weaknesses. And instead of condemning us, you have compassion. Where we are weak, you make us strong. Where we have failed and sinned and damaged ourselves and the people around us and the world you've given us. God, as we turn to you and just fess up about that, as we admit our failures, God, you are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Thank you, God. Thank you for your transforming work, the way that this, the truth of this changes us. We are overwhelmed by your grace, by your goodness. Help us today, God. Help the things that I've just been praying, the words that have been coming out of my mouth. God, help these to be true for each and every one of us today. Help these to be more than just religious platitudes or aspirations. But today, God, would you help this to be true about us? That we can have a real encounter with you, the God who loves us. That we can truly be overwhelmed by your grace. That we would stop living lives filled with shame or guilt or fear. But instead, we can have confidence, knowing that you love us, knowing that our sins are forgiven, that you have embraced us as your own, that we are yours. Thank you, God. You know, God, what we need today. And you know that in some of us right now, it's just a, 
there's kind of a silent screaming going on as, as uh, the things that we carry with us are, well, they're, they're overwhelming to us right now, God. Thank you that you are bigger than any problem we face. Thank you that your peace washes over all our anxieties and fears. Thank you that we can know that rather than the boat being capsized by the waves that are rocking all around us with the storms we are going through, that you are present with us, Lord Jesus, and you are able to stand and say, peace, be still. You are able to calm the wind and the waves. You are able to change our circumstances. You are able to change our hearts. Thank you, God. Thank you for the love you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, normally at this time, we would uh, walk around the room and spend a couple minutes hugging each other and, and extending that peace to each other. Instead, just take a look around, see somebody you haven't seen in a while, and say, oh, hey, you're here, and, uh, and give them a nice wave or a smile or something. And uh, thank you all who are joining us online. And uh, after, you've, after you've looked at enough people and waved enough people, you can sit down. I- I'm, I'm thankful that you guys stood, though, uh, to sing. You sound better when you stand up when you sing. Did you know that? Um, you can get more air in the, diaphragm, in the lungs from the diaphragm and all of that, so... It makes it not so much just Scott and his family up here leading us and singing for us. It's not like a concert. Uh, this is you know, us having a chance as the people of God to give him thanks and praise, to sing to him and all the rest. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, thank you guys again for leading us this morning. Um, I did have a couple of, uh, oh, forgot my little stand over here. I'm going to walk way over there. All right. A uh, couple of quick announcements uh, real quick uh, before we get into the message. Um, um, obviously, uh, if you're here in the room, you can grab one of those little green cards back there and let us know you're with us. Let us know how to pray for you. Uh, everybody else, or if you'd just rather use your phone, you can uh, fill out that little connect card, uh, livinghope.info slash connect, and, uh, and let us know you're with us. Let us know where you're watching from or when you're watching. Uh, I mentioned last week this, this weird world we live in now where uh, not only are there people spread out watching from home, but, but spread out in time, too. There are people watching this right now. It's like Monday afternoon for them or, you know, midnight. Uh, Tuesday night or something like that because that's when they have a chance to come to church and uh, so uh, just grab that uh, link that connect card let us know that you're with us and uh, how we can be praying for you uh, obviously if you want to give you can do that just uh, change that at the end to give livinghope.info slash give and that'll take you right to that online giving page or if you're here in the room you can drop it in the offering box along with that little green card and um uh, some specific things that uh, as you give that you might want to give to, uh, we're still um, uh, contributing for the rest of the year to Habitat for Humanity for this faith build, and we'll, uh, we'll spend more time on that in a future week. Uh, and uh, the Mission Church in Hammett, if you want to specifically give to a sister church that's getting off the ground there uh, for some facility needs, you can click that in the little drop down or write it on, on your note and, uh, and give to those projects as well. Um, what else did I have in there? That, oh, yeah, like next week. Where are we going to be? What are we doing? Uh, you know, last week we were talking about like, hey, do we want to keep meeting at 9 or at 1030? And, and next week we're going to do another outdoor service. We're going to go back to the Valparaiso YMCA Pavilion, just like on the side of the Y. You can get to it up Cumberland Drive and park right next to the pavilion. And uh, we had a lot of fun there on our 20th birthday party on September 20th. We won't be bringing out hot dogs and stuff, but, of course, you're willing. You're you're willing welcome you're welcome to bring snacks if you'd like i don't know if you're willing that's up to you you're welcome to bring snacks camping chair that kind of thing we've got their their picnic tables there we're going to give this another shot in our outdoor service because we know that for many of you watching that you're you're comfortable doing that you can come outdoors uh, 
I know my wife and I still haven't eaten inside a restaurant since this whole thing has happened. All right. And I know for some of you, that's like, yep, I'm not sitting in a building with a bunch of other people. Um, I don't care if they're wearing masks. I don't care if we're six feet apart. I'm just not doing it. And, uh, and that's fine. Uh, some, of, some of you have very real reasons for, uh, for keeping your distance at this point. Uh, health concerns that, uh, uh, that make that uh, requirement uh, necessary for you. But we saw uh, last month that several of you are like, oh, it's outdoors? Sure, I'll come. So we're going to try that next week, weather permitting. Uh, right now it looks good. But if you know, the couple days before that, if it looks like, oh, man, it's going to be pouring down rain or it's going to be freezing cold or something, then we'll come back here and we'll worship at 1030. So next week is at 1030, whether we're at the Y or whether, whether we have to come back in here for the weather. And, uh, and we're still hearing from some of you about uh, going forward. I think we're going to... Keep it at 10.30 from there instead of continuing to meet at 9. The vast majority of you said you could do that. And the couple of you said you couldn't said to me later, like, well, I mean, I could if I had to. But, you know, that really messes up my day, you know. Um, but, um, but my hope, of course, is that as quickly as possible, we can get back to having two services at 9 and 10.30. And maybe we'll be able to do that in a couple of weeks coming off of the, coming off of the outdoor service next Sunday. Uh, we'll see. All right. But next week, weather permitting, We'll be at the YMCA. We'll definitely be at 1030. Um, some of you have heard that uh, October is known in some circles as Pastor Appreciation Month. And uh, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you to appreciate me. So one of the board members volunteered <laughs> to do that. Uh, Annalie, do you want to come and, uh, and talk with us? Annalie Svelbar doesn't just uh, play keys and sing uh, on Sunday morning. She's uh, serving on our, our church board as a high school senior. And um, did you want this mic, that mic? Doesn't matter to me. Matter. I don't care. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were singing in that one. All right, so she volunteered to say something about this. All right, so um, I'm on the church board, and we found a really cool little grant that we can do um, for Pastor Rich and for the rest of the church staff. So we, they will actually get a $250 Amazon gift card as long as we do these two things. So first of all, uh, you can pick up a list. It's called 50 Creative Ways to Bless Your Pastor and Staff. And that is, it's somewhere. It's is out it? Yeah. It's out in the foyer. Yeah. And so you can pick up one of those or you can look at it online. And it's, click the link in the comments online. And it's online. And then the second of all is we're going to collect an offering um, for Pastor Rich and for the rest of the church staff. So we're asking that everyone can give like $5 so that everyone can give and so that we can all kind of make a, a really nice gift for them. So you can put it, uh, Pastor and Staff Appreciation on the envelope when you put it in the offering box or on the memo, as well as you can put it, um, there's a fund on the online thing where you can click pastor and staff appreciation and give that. And so that's all I have to say. <laughs> thanks for, um, yeah, thanks for serving and, uh, and thanks for not making me stand up here and say, please appreciate me. So. That would that'd be really awkward. We, you guys do appreciate us, and you showed me that in all kinds of different ways. I mean, just had one of you coming up to me this morning, giving me a gift card and stuff. And, and uh, uh, so you guys, are all, we feel appreciated already. Um, but uh, when the board saw that there was a possibility of getting, like, somebody's handing out free money, they thought, sure, why not? So, um, 
so anyway, thank you if those of you who uh, have expressed appreciation in different ways over the years. And um, yeah, all right, I'll quit talking about that. Um, <clears throat> an apology. You, if you're here in the room, you see there are no little notes in front of you. I'm still trying to get back into that rhythm of having those notes so that you can have something in front of you. And apology to all of you online. There's nothing going to be on the screen but me for the next little bit. Um, so there's no words popping up there. The scriptures aren't going to be on the screen or anything like that. Uh, we're still getting into the rhythm of how does this work uh, when we're doing both in person and live online. And um, oh, that's just on me. So an apology. Yeah. We are in this series of messages uh, that we've called quirks, these things that make Living Hope a little bit different than some of the other churches that you might have attended in the past. I mean, most churches have a similar kind of mission, right? We describe it as trying to connect people with God, with each other, and with the world in need of God's love. Uh, but pretty much every church has that same idea, right? Um, you know, no matter what denomination, no matter what church you walk into on a Sunday morning, they're probably going to be talking about God and encouraging you to trust God, uh, talking to you about Jesus and all that Jesus has done for us, and, and that he is the, the one that we want to have leading our lives, and we want to put our trust in him so our sins can be forgiven, and, and so we can connect with the God who made us. And pretty much every church says, look, we, we're in this together, and you need to do life together and not try to do it on your own. And, and every church is going to encourage you to get out there and obey the words of Jesus, you know, to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, but every church also has a very different feel to it, right? Um, a different vibe, a different uh, something going on. And so that's what we've been talking about, some of these uh, things that when we do that Living Hope 101 class, we call them our values. But um, I don't know that that word is especially helpful. It's just like personality quirks, things that are important to us that have shaped who we are over these past 20 years. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, open acceptance and life change and how God really can change us. And we, we welcome everybody, no matter what background or where you're coming from. Uh, last week, we talked about authenticity and, uh, and humility or teachability, and that we're all kind of on, on an equal playing field here, that, that we can just be ourselves. We don't need to wear masks. And it occurred to me after the service last week, that like I spent all this time talking about not needing to wear a mask, like, you know, not needing to be phony, that kind of thing. And like, it wasn't until after the service talking to someone, I was like, Oh, wait, we're, we're all wearing masks, you know, for the health thing. I'm not, I don't mean that. No, I don't mean that. We have to wear those to, you know, protect the people around us. And because and, uh, as we've seen in the news these last couple of weeks, you don't always know if you're infected or infecting others. And so uh, that's why we ask as we gather, as we go, that we all wear masks, you know, when we're close to other people. When, once you're seated uh, and you're more than six feet away from uh, each other, if you want to take off your mask, you can. At least that's the guidelines they're telling us. So that's what we're doing. Today, we're looking at a couple, of different, a couple of other ones in the list of things that we value. Uh, personal responsibility and spiritual faithfulness. Let me read the way we described that in the class. Uh, personal responsibility, we recognize that each person must take responsibility for their own growth. So we encourage everyone to grow one step at a time. All right? This is the no arm twisting rule that we have here. All right? I, I don't stand up here and try to twist your arm and make you do something, uh, make you give to that project, or, or make you show up at this event or anything. I, I'll encourage you. I'll tell you why I think it's a good idea. But, uh, but you're the one that's responsible for if, how you want to grow and if you're going to grow or if you're going to just kind of coast or what you're going to do. Right? We're all responsible. This is just kind of acknowledging reality again. I cannot make you do anything. Um, I don't have that that in me. It's just impossible to do. So personal responsibility, and we think that's important that we each take responsibility for our own growth. And then spiritual faithfulness, uh, we uphold the Bible as God's word that fully reveals to us the truth of Jesus Christ and teaches us how to live in a way that honors him. We also strive to learn from those followers of Jesus who have made the journey ahead of us. 
Uh, that's how we describe that in that class. And many of you have mentioned that to me over the years. Uh, whenever I do that little Living Hope 101 class, which I hope we'll get to do again someday, I don't really want to do it virtually because a lot of the benefit is you get to sit around a table with other folks and get to know people from different backgrounds and what their journey has been. And, and there's just not a great way to recreate that online. Zoom is okay, but you know. Um, but over the years, as we talk about these things, I've had a number of people that have said, oh, yeah, no, we knew that was important to you because, you know, every Sunday, Rich, you get up and you talk from the Bible. And apparently they've been to some churches where that's not as common or something. I don't know where the pastor just talks about their own opinions or something. I haven't been, I don't think, to any of those churches. Um, and we're, you'll never hear me bash any other churches here because we're all on the same team and we're all doing our best uh, to help connect people with God and with each other and to a world in need of God's love. Um, but I've heard people say that, yeah, that's, that's why on Sunday mornings I stand up here and share the Bible with you and talk about where that connects with our lives because we do believe that God speaks to us through the scriptures. And it's important to us if we want to grow. If you're going to take responsibility for your own growth in a relationship with God, well, you're going to need to be reading the Bible. You're going to need to be engaging with what God has said to his people down through the, the centuries, down through the millennia over time. Because their examples are then like their examples for us of either faithfulness or failure. And we can learn from those examples. And the things that God has done for his people that we see recorded in scripture, those are things that then we can learn from and say, oh, if God did that for them, maybe God can do that for me. Um, I know some of you have heard that um, the, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, that it's basic instructions before leaving earth. Some of you heard that before, anybody? I'm not a huge fan of that acronym, in part because it's not very basic. There's some tricky parts, and it's not all instructions. And it's in before leaving earth, where we, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, the God is showing up here. Anyway, so I'm not a big fan of that acronym. But another one popped into my head as I was preparing this morning. It's not nearly as catchy or as good, but um, <clears throat> instead the Bible is... Um, is building our imaginations. So there's got the B-I, building our imaginations for bold living experiments. All right? That's not going to get any traction or go anywhere. You're not going to see that on a bumper sticker, but, um, but I like it better personally. All right? That as we read scripture, that God is helping us to imagine life differently. It's helping us to imagine that, boy, maybe it really is possible that there's a God who made us. And that he is actively involved in the world. And maybe he really does care about people. And maybe the things that Jesus taught really are true. And it helps us to imagine us living boldly and doing things to trust this God, just like the people in scriptures did. And as we do that, we find that God is faithful to us today, just like he was faithful to the people we read about in scripture, just like he's been faithful to followers of Christ ever since. And so scripture isn't so much as like, okay, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to find a verse that tells me just exactly what to do, and then I'm going to go do that. Um, because if that's the only lens you look at scripture through, there's a whole lot of scripture that's just like, well, there's no instructions in that verse. So I guess that verse just doesn't mean anything for me, right? Or there's a whole story about these people, and there was never any instructions for us, but, well, but that story seems helpful. So what do I do with that? Um, the Bible is helping us to imagine a different way to live here and now that uh, has us trusting God and experiencing um, the beauty of life the way God created us to live it. And yes, when we shuffle off this mortal coil, when we, when, when we, when we die and leave, um, then that's going to have an impact on our eternity as well. We, we'll spend eternity with Christ, with the God who made us and who loves us. Um, but the Bible 
mostly is concerned with, okay, what do we, how do we live life here and now? What do we, how am I supposed to live in a way that honors God? So last week, uh, we had this one passage that spoke to some of this uh, from Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's a pretty violent image there. You know, it's like when God speaks, it's like a sword that like slices into us and cuts to the heart. It judges our thoughts and our attitudes. It, it, like, and he goes on to describe there how everything is uncovered and laid bare before the God whom, to whom we're going to have to give an account one day. And then he shifts gears and talks about, but this God is good and gracious and has given us Jesus Christ. And so uh, in verse 16, he says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When we need God's grace, when we need his mercy, when we are feeling weak, when we feel like we, when we have failed, we don't cower or hide from God. You know, last week we were talking about how we can be authentic, we can be ourselves, we can admit to God. Look, I, I need your help. When we read scripture or when we hear it, uh, <laughs> all the Bible words are popping into my head today. When we hear it expounded upon, oh, there's Christianese, sorry. I apologize for that. When we hear somebody explaining where the Bible connects with our lives, sometimes we hear God speaking to us and it does cut and it does, it, it hurts sometimes. And in those moments, that isn't God pushing us away. That is God pulling us close Saying, so come to me, find, find grace, let me help, let me, cha- let, me, uh, let me transform your life. So there are several other places where Scripture talks about Scripture, and one of those is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul talking to his young protege, Timothy, who he's been training and raising up, and now Timothy is leading other churches as Paul travels all over the Mediterranean world, starting new churches, telling people about Jesus. Timothy is one of those that kind of follows him around and is like, cleans up Paul's messes sometimes, I think, and, and uh, <clears throat> helps people to, to love each other and to stay together and to stay true to this thing as they're figuring out, okay, how do I follow Jesus here in my community where I live? What does this look like? And, and Paul encourages Timothy, uh, I'm going to back up to verse 14. Uh, again, this is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. It says, but you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, from the time you were a little boy, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures. And Paul's not talking about his letters that we have in our New Testament. He's not talking about the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's talking about what we call the Old Testament, right? Uh, Where God spoke to his people through prophets and poets and, and all the rest. It says, you have been taught these holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom that now that you've heard the good news about Jesus, to receive that and to experience the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus. And then in verse 16, he says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what's true and make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. This is from the New Living Translation, which is elaborating a little bit on the original. Some translations would just say, you know, all Scripture is inspired by God, or is, is God-breathed. That's what inspired means, God-breathed, like respiration, you know, inspirations. God speaking through this. And it's useful for teaching, for uh, teaching, rebuke, correction, and righteousness. Like these are, but this translation, I like it, elaborates. It says, look, it's teaching us what's true, helping us realize what's wrong in our lives, correcting us when we're wrong, teaching us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So if you want to be prepared 
for what God wants to do in your life and through your life, he's given us scripture. He's given us the scriptures, the Old and New Testaments. Um, but even the Old Testament that sometimes we feel like, well, what's that got to do with me? Again, these are examples. These are God speaking through prophets to his people. We get to see how God works in the world, and it, it, it prepares us for this moment where we encounter the good news about Jesus. So when we hear what God has done in Jesus, we're like, oh, yes, he's making good on all those promises he'd made down through the millennia to his people. Now God is finally doing what he'd always promised to do. And finally, in, in a human being, God is going to fully reveal himself and fully um, uh, be king of the world. I mean, that's from, from Genesis chapter 1, right? God creates us in his image and gives us a responsibility to have dominion and to, and to be his representatives here in the world, to care for creation, that God does, always wants to work through people. And we have failed at that time and time and time again until finally God shows up in the flesh himself in Jesus and, and makes good on this promise. And now finally God can rule the world through people, through Jesus, and we all get to be a part of that. Um, so I, would, I want to encourage you today uh, to be readers of Scripture, to be hearers of Scripture, to, to get the Word of God into your mind, into your heart, into your life any way that you can. Now, those of you who are hearing my voice right now, whether you're here in the room or, or watching online, you're doing that. This is an expression of that, you know, that you show up at church expecting, okay, I'm going to get some of the Bible and I'm going to hear how that connects with my life. And that's a good, good thing. All right? I hope you don't stop with this, obviously. You know, I hope that uh, throughout the week you are finding a Bible that makes sense to you. Um, you can, and that's never been easier than now. You know, you can get the Bible app on your phone and you can just pick any verse and then hit the little button that says, see this in all English translations, you know, and it'll just show you lots of, and you find ones like, oh, that one makes sense. And just, you know, pick that one and read that. You know, you can, you can read the Bible in a way that makes sense to you, prayerfully inviting God to speak you know, so that you can have those encounters with the living God through the scriptures. And God will speak. He does. I mean, he guides us. Uh, one of the verses I memorized as a little kid was, uh, I didn't remember where it's found. I always had to Google it and find it again. It's Psalm uh, 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Um, Psalm 119, is a, the, you might know it as the longest chapter in the Bible. Because Psalm 119 has got like 150 verses. This super long poem where they took uh, the letters of the Hebrew alphabet and each one's got like several verses uh, just talking about God's word, God's commandments, God's precepts, God's, and use all this. And it just goes through every letter of their alphabet talking about how amazing it is that God has spoken to us and how this transforms our lives. And here he's saying, look, your word, it's a lamp for my feet. It's a light for my path. It shows me what next step I need to take through life. Have you ever walked into a room and it's dark and like everything's not exactly where you expected it to be? Uh, it's, it's October. It's kind of Halloween. We're probably not going to be many of us going to haunted houses because of all the virus thing. That'd be scary in a different way. Um, but, you know, you go into a dark room and at, at our house, we don't always leave all the lights on, right? I mean, if it's nighttime and I'm walking through, I'd rather the lights be off, you know, paying for that electricity. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm a dad. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, Usually, you know where things are because they're where you left them, right? We have twin four-year-olds, four-and-a-half-year-olds now. They leave things out on the ground where I step on them, right? And, uh, and if I'm not pulling out my phone and using that little flashlight thing to see where I'm going, then odds are good I'm going to step on something at some point and it's going to hurt, right? Or I'm going to bump into something that got moved because I didn't remember that we were playing a game and, oh, yeah, we built the fort there and now I'm on the floor because I you know, ran into it. Uh, 
God doesn't want us to stumble through life in the dark, continually hurting ourselves and hurting others. He, he gives us a light to show us you know, the, the steps in front of us. It doesn't always give us everything. You know, it's not like turning on all the lights and being able to see everything from beginning to end. And Oh, now I know what the next five years has for me. Great. That would be nice. Uh, but he at least lets us see the next step. He at least helps us, gives us guidance to know where to step next, to avoid that pitfall, to avoid that pain. If, we'll, if we will allow scriptures to you know, build our imaginations, if, if we'll allow uh, God's word will learn from the examples that are given to us. The Apostle Paul says that kind of explicitly in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says that these things that happened to them, he's been looking at stories from the Old Testament, says these things happened to them as examples for us, as warnings for us, that we might not go down that same path. He's been looking at how uh, God had rescued the people from slavery in Egypt, and, and he wants to just take them on a quick trip through, you know, through the wilderness to the promised land, this land they're going to have, and instead they have to wander around for 40 years because the people keep not trusting God and not listening to him. And he says, look, we don't want to repeat their mistakes Let's learn from them. Let's learn from their examples. And, and just a little bit later, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul just succinctly says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. He's like, you know me. You haven't got to meet Jesus, but you know me. I'm doing my best to follow Christ's example. So you follow mine. He says something real similar to Timothy uh, right before those verses in 2 Timothy 3, where he says, look, you know my life. You know who I am. You know uh, all that I've gone through. The things that matter to me, the way I live this out, you've seen it. You know, and that's, again, the importance of Christian community and the importance of not ignoring those who have come before us, those who taught you about Jesus, whoever that might have been. For me, that was my parents, who both get to be with us today. Uh, my dad's not filling in at Laporte today. Thank you. It's good to have you with us. Uh, hopefully that turns into uh, a new pastor there, and, and you can be with us more often. Um, who am I kidding? You're going to find another church to fill in at, aren't you? As soon as... Uh, um, <laughs> But my parents, from the time I was a little kid, you know, they weren't just taking me to church. And, my, you know, my dad was a pastor, so I'd get to hear from him on Sunday, too. And my mom led kids ministry. I heard from my parents all the time. Um, but they were living it out. They were modeling it, you know. And, uh, and that's important. We need to learn from those. Who was it that taught you about Jesus? Well, look at their life. You know, look at their life. Learn from them. Don't think you've got to recreate the wheel all the time, right? We can follow their example as they follow the example of Christ. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, there's a whole, uh, it's like the faith chapter is what it's usually called because it's just story after story after story. It's like the, the author of, of Hebrews just walking through the stories of the Old Testament and looking at how this person trusted God and this person trusted God and this person trusted God and the ways that they uh, trusted God and, and lived some bold experiments, trusted God in some amazing ways. And he gets to chapter 12 and says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, all of these examples of what it looks like to trust Jesus let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He's saying, look, we can look to Jesus. We can learn from him. We're going to run this race that he's marked out for us. The Bible's going to you know, reveal to us what those next steps need to be, and we can keep our eyes focused on him not going to trip, not going to be tripped up by, by sin. We're going to let go of those sins. We're going to let go of that. We're going to let God forgive us, and we're going to leave that behind. All these other things that might slow us down, whatever those distractions might be, and let's just keep our eyes focused on Jesus and run this race. 
Uh, today, there are a whole bunch of people running what would have been the Chicago Marathon, um, which some of us in the room have done in the past for World Vision. I just this morning saw Facebook sent me a little notification. It was some people up at Real Life uh, Community Church in Portage. Uh, the group of folks there running for World Vision, and World Vision decided, you know what? Uh, when they canceled the Chicago Marathon, we're still raising money for kids to get clean water, so let's go ahead and run. You know, And so in communities all over, uh, there are people that are running today 26.2 miles, even though there's no race, even though there's no medal, even though there's not all the, the cool stuff that happens in Chicago when you run that marathon, they're running a race um, because they're, they're doing this for clean water, for kids. And I, I always think of that challenge when I read verses like this, talking about running a race. I'm like, yeah, you, you don't... You know, you don't run that race with a big, heavy backpack on. You know, you don't run that race with, uh, you know, your, your pants hanging down and sagging and all that. No, no, you, you know, like you're, you're taking off the things that might trip you up and all that. You're like stripping down to just the, kind of the bare minimum, basically, if you watch those people that run. And, uh, and you're running the race because it's hard work, you know. But to go back again to this personal responsibility thing, it is not easy. You cannot just kind of coast to Christian maturity, if you're going to grow into the person that God created you to be, it's going to mean that you're going to decide, you know what, God, you want to help me grow up? I want to grow up. I want to mature. I want to be as useful as I can be in your kingdom for your purposes here in the world. And again, the main way that God is, this gift that God has given us to prepare us, to equip us for every good work that he has for us to do is the scriptures, is the Bible. So we learn from their examples, whether positive examples, negative examples. We, we look to Jesus there in the scriptures, keep our eyes focused on him, obeying him, trusting him. Boy, if Jesus says this, maybe I really should listen. <laughs> if, if he's the one who knows the race course, maybe I should follow him. You know, maybe he's avoiding a pitfall. Maybe he's avoiding a, a, a snare. Maybe I should keep my eyes focused on Jesus and, and keep up with his Holy Spirit as we run this race. Uh, Jesus had a couple things to say about this as well, of course. Um, we looked at, earlier this year at the Sermon on the Mountain. As he gets to the end of this amazing collection of things that Jesus has told us, uh, instructions and stories, he gets to Matthew, the very end of it in Matthew chapter 7, and he tells a little story, tells a little parable, right? Um, he says, uh, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, that's like a man who built his house on a on the rock, on a solid foundation, right? And then when the storms of life come, the house stands firm because it's built on a rock. He says, anyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice? Wait, so they, they heard it. They sat there on a Sunday. They listened. They maybe even cracked open their Bibles and read it, but then they didn't do anything with it. They didn't let it shape their imaginations. Their life was no different after they'd read it than before they'd read it because they didn't put it into practice. He says that they're like somebody who builds their house just on, on sand, just sitting there on the top of the ground. And, and as soon as the storms of life come, the winds, you know, you know the rains, and it just psh, knocks it down, giant crash. I know, the rains came down and the floods came up. Yeah, I see Crystal singing the, the song over there. Uh, and the house on the sand went, psh, you know. Uh, and we don't want that for our lives, do we? I mean, Jesus is trying to give us a picture to say, so please put this into practice. Please don't, don't trick yourself into thinking you've been obedient just because you listened he said, no, you got to let the word of God sink into your heart and make a difference. you gotta, you got to let it bear fruit in your life. That's another story that Jesus told. It's, it's, it's found in several places in Scripture. Um, where, where I, I think I wrote down where it is. Oh, yeah, Matthew 13 or Mark chapter 4 or Luke chapter 8. All three of these gospel writers tell the story that Jesus told about a farmer who went out to, to scatter seed. And, 
And this farmer wasn't real careful about where he threw the seeds, okay? So some of it lands on a path, and it's just hard ground. It just sits there, and the birds come, and they eat the seed right off the ground. Some of it falls in shallow soil. There's, so there's soil there, but there's rocks underneath. And so, it, uh, you know, when the rain hits it, it grows. But then as soon as the sun comes out in the heat of summer, it just withers because it doesn't have any deep roots. And others of it kind of falls among some, some weeds and things, and it grows. But then the weeds choke it out before it can ever be fruitful, before there can ever be, you can't harvest that crop. And some of it, though, it falls in good soil that's been prepared well and it's weeded, there's no rocks in it, falls in this good soil, and it produces a crop that's abundant. And the, the different gospel writers talk about how abundant, sometimes amazingly abundant. We just had this really cool experience yesterday. If you're Facebook friends with me and Stacy, you might have seen it this morning. Um, we got to, Stacy's got a friend who's got a farm in the area, and they invited us to come out, and we rode in a combine with them as they were harvesting soybeans. And uh, I don't, I don't think I've ever been in a combine, had I? I don't think, by the time, okay. Yeah, my dad grew up in a farm out in southwest Kansas, but, you know, he was a preacher by the time I was born. So um, we would go back to the farm, but we weren't riding in the combine or anything. And uh, so my boys got to sit in, actually, they got to drive it for a little bit too. Um, got to be in a combine as it's being harvested. And there's this little thing up in the corner talking about, like, you know, moisture and yield. And, and at some point as I was wrapping up my, I, I rode with David, and then I got out, and Stacy went in with Jonathan, and they went out again. And, and uh, as we're coming in, the, the guy that's driving the thing, uh, he glances up and he says, oh, good, that's a, that's a good yield. We're getting a good, you know, good number of beans per acre, you know, basically bushels of beans per acre. And we can be productive as Christians. We can, we can be a people that um, when you look at your life, when God looks at your life, you can say, wow, this is a person that's really having an impact on the people around them. You know, people around them really have more hope. Wow, the people around them really do experience more peace. Boy, the people around them really do know that God loves them. They don't, they don't keep this to themselves. They don't stay shy about it. You know, there is, a, there is fruit being born in this person's life because the soil was good. That's where Jesus ends up explaining the parable to his disciples because they, like us, need things explained to us, right? The disciples are great models for us in the, in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because over and over, you know, we don't get it all the time, and they have to go to Jesus and, and could you explain this, and, and sure enough, he does. He is patient with us. Um, he kind of grouses at him a little bit, but he's, he explains it and says, look, this is, this is the message of God. This is the word of God that's going out, and um, he says, sometimes people will hear the, the message, this good news of, of the kingdom, of God making things right, of God doing his good work in the world through Jesus Christ. They'll hear this good news, and it just their minds are closed to it. It just bounces off. It doesn't sink in. They don't accept it. And, uh, and he describes like the birds are like Satan, just kind of coming and taking it away, you know, so that, so that it doesn't, they don't reflect on it. They don't think about it. It doesn't sink in. Other people, that's, it's like this rocky soil where they don't let the, the, the message of God, the word of God, sink deep into their hearts. It doesn't get roots. So when times of trouble come or persecution, like the, the heat of that sun, they, they bail. You know, they don't stick with it. They don't, they don't keep trusting God because they didn't let it really sink down deep. They didn't let the word of God grow roots in their hearts, in their minds, in their imaginations. They didn't give it that chance. You know, to sink in. Uh, the, the weedy soil, he said, that's like people who are distracted. They got lots of other things to worry about. 
You know, he talks about like the cares of this world, the pleasures of this life, these things that, you know, I got other things that have my attention. I got other things that have my allegiance and I'm not going to give that much time to, to, letting, to reflecting on God's word because, yeah, I got other things I got to focus on and it's easy for us to be busy. I can only imagine, I can't imagine what it was like in Jesus' day. I know what it's like for us today and I think, man, were they as busy as we are? I, I, you know, they didn't have phones buzzing at them and all the other kind of stuff. They didn't have 24-7 news coverage of, of uh, you know, the upcoming election and what you need to do and all these kinds of things. Uh, but still in those days, they're like, no, people were distracted. How much more easy it is for us to be distracted, for us to have competing allegiances. And he says, so that we find ourselves, instead of being fruitful and letting God's word really grow something good in us, we, we divert our attention and our allegiance in other directions. But instead, he said, we, we could be good soil. We could deal with the distractions. We could make sure that we're spending time letting God's word really sink into our minds and hearts. You know, we could, we could be that good soil that allows the, the message from God, that, that listens for God speaking through the scriptures, that doesn't just rush through it and like, oh, yep, read a Bible verse, okay, gotta go, you know, but says, okay, hang on a minute, let me, let me, let me think of, God, are you saying something to me here? Is there something for me here? I want to read this, I want to read this whole story. I want to, I want to imagine this world and what it might be like to live in a world where you act like this, God, where you expect these things of us, God where you come through for us like this, where we really can trust you through difficulty. I want to imagine that kind of world, God. Thank you for this story in Scripture that helps me to, to imagine that possibility, to be willing to, to trust you like this. This is what Jesus says if, we, if we'll be that kind of recipient of God's word, of, of the message of God, then it can be fruitful. It can do beautiful things. I don't have time to get into 2 Peter chapter 1. If you want to read that chapter later, there's good stuff about how God spoke through prophets, and there's good stuff before that leading up to it that I kind of was like surprised by. I was like, oh, this is the same thing about making every effort to, to let this be productive in our lives, that we won't just be unproductive with this good news about Jesus. Apparently, you can hear about Jesus and not do anything with it. You know, you can, you can not do anything with it, and your life can be built in a way that when the difficulties of life come, it just comes crashing down. The point of the whole thing, the point of Scripture, the, the reason why we encourage you to take responsibility for your growth and not depend on me to spoon-feed it all to you because obviously I don't do that all that well. Um, the reason you need to pay attention to what God is saying to you and give God's Word, give, give God's Word a chance to impact your thinking and your, your imagining uh, is because these Scriptures will lead you to Jesus. It will help you to encounter him. Jesus said in, in John chapter 5 to some people who were very religious, said, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. And the point of this is that God wants us to connect with him. Jesus wants us to experience this, this eternal kind of life this life transformed by God's grace and God's love that, that changes the way we live today and forever. He wants you to experience it. He doesn't want any of us to miss this boat. He wants us to trust in him, have our lives changed by him. Let's bow our heads and let's ask God to help us um, to experience this. God, we thank you uh, that you have not left us uh, unequipped. <laughs> you, you have prepared us. Instead, you've given us the possibility of being prepared for whatever might come our way. And you tell us that you've done this through your word. I mean, Christians down through the ages have found that, 
as they allow the scriptures to, to sink into their minds and hearts, as they allow their imaginations to be shaped by these stories of you and your faithful love, that it prepares them for difficulty, it prepares them for challenge, it prepares them for opportunities to be used by you to transform people's lives. And God, we want to be ready. We know we can't just coast through this thing. We know there's going to be some, some training involved. We know that it's going to be some, some effort involved. And so God, I pray that you would help us to, to begin to imagine ourselves as people that you can work through. God, as we think about the way we live our life today, how we're going to spend the rest of today, the rest of this week, and it's different for each of us, but God, right now, we're, we're beginning to imagine the things that we're going to do this week, the people we're going to see. As we think about what's going on in the world around us, the things that we catch on the news or newspapers or social media or where, wherever we encounter uh, the, the wider world, God, I pray that you would help us to be able to imagine ourselves as people that, that your grace can flow through us, that your light can shine through us, that your work can be done in the world through us, that you are going to, to send us to people this week, that we can help them to have hope or, or joy or encouragement because we are going to be willing to spend some time with them. We are going to be willing to listen. We're going to be willing to share a story of your faithful love. We're going to be willing to pray with them for them. God, this week, you're, you're going to send us into situations where we have an opportunity to be a, a peacemaker, to be, to be a people who extend grace to others, to be a people who are generous toward those in need, God, would you help us to be able to imagine ourselves as being used by you? And then, God, would you help us to do what is required of us to be ready for those moments? Would you help us, God, to put in the time reading or listening to your word? People who present it creatively through audio, video, people who have translated it into English in so many different ways so that there's, there's bound to be one way that clicks with us that we can make sense of. God, would you help us to spend the time listening for your spirit, speaking through the scriptures so that we can boldly live <clears throat> here and now in a way that honors you, in a way that lets us participate with the work you're doing. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being present with us Thank you for your grace that it makes all this possible, that enables us to, to encounter your transforming presence in the scriptures. You have loved us before we ever thought of loving you, God. And we see that demonstrated in this sacrament of communion that we're going to celebrate in just a moment. God, here we are with little bits of bread and juice, and we offer these to you. And we pray that by your Spirit's presence here, that this little religious ritual might be so much more than that. That we might meet you, Lord Jesus, at your table. That we might encounter our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. As you have given your life for us. Shared your life with us. Today, God, we offer you ourselves. 
all that we are. And we offer you our, our failures and our sins and we, we thank you for your gracious forgiveness. We offer you our fears and we, we thank you for your, your peace. We offer you our questions and we thank you for the guidance and the wisdom that you give. We offer you our doubts and we thank you for your compassionate patience with us. God, we offer you all that we are. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit's presence in our lives, that we might be transformed. That, that as you send us out into the world, we walk and talk and live as the body of Christ, as your hands and feet, as your kids, representing you and your grace and your love. Thank you, God, for this transformation that you work in us as we trust in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you're here in the room with us, then somewhere on the table or, or under your seat, there's a little cup with uh, bread and juice. Uh, if you're participating with us online, you have a chance, if you'd like, to, to gather communion elements to celebrate with us. But on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was uh, celebrating the Passover meal with his disciples. And uh, he took this symbol of God's faithfulness, his rescue of his people from slavery in Egypt, turned it into a story about uh, what God was doing to rescue his people from sin through himself. He, he took bread and he broke it and he said to them, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. So let's take and eat the bread. After supper, he took the cup and he said, this, this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins as this seals the new agreement between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. Lord Jesus, we do turn our eyes toward you today. The love that you have shown us, the life that you have given us. God, please, we, we pray that you would fill us with the spirit of Christ. That as we go, we might live as, as faithful examples of what it looks like to trust you, that we might be channels of your grace and of your love toward others. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord turn his face toward you and be gracious to you. Oh, I, I goofed that all up. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.